Hey everyone, welcome to Date Night Sports Podcast. This is Chris and Olga here with our sixth episode. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. Before we get into it, just a little housekeeping. If you don't already follow us on Instagram at Date Night Sports Pod, please do. Um, And we're also now on Apple Podcasts, so give us a follow there if that's where you prefer to listen. Um, So let's get right into it. The biggest you know thing in sports this week obviously is yeah probably the most exciting thing to watch this week yeah it was the world series braves won last night um take take it in six uh super exciting for sure yeah braves took it in six uh i mean everybody thought the astros were going to force a game seven but braves braves came to play i know love it i mean i'm i'm you know i Obviously, I was going to hate the Astros, so anytime someone can beat them is great for me. <laughs> yeah, it was tough in the in the round before. Oh, um, yeah. I didn't want the Red Sox or the Astros to win. Yeah, that's tough being a Yankee fan for sure. But no, I mean, I, I picked right. I picked the Braves I know. to win. I mean, I thought it would be against the Red Sox and not the Astros, but fine with the National League winning. Anytime the Yankees are out, let's go National yeah, League. Yeah, might as well. Why not? But uh, the Braves were like the most unlikely team. I mean... I mean, I think I mentioned it uh, in previous episodes. You know, their franchise player, Ronald Acuna Jr., went down in July with season-ending injury. You know, most teams would have packed it in, but their GM, savvy enough, didn't give up on the season, pushed all the right buttons at the deadline. Um, They acquired multiple people. I think it was four different people at the deadline, but uh, actually first time in MLB history that a team's uh, lead championship series MVP and World Series MVP were both acquired at the trade deadline. That's wild. Like, I didn't even realize that that was the case. Yeah, it was uh, Eddie Rosario and Jorge Soler, respectively. Amazing. And it's just so cool to see, like, a team not give up. Like, so easy to see a team give up after a franchise player, franchise player goes down and um, for a manager to see yeah, the, the momentum. Yeah. still believed. Yeah, and it's just, like, it, it says so much about how other franchises – should be looking at injuries and like the momentum of your team is still there. Like you gotta you gotta harp on it. It's not well, about one player. Yeah. You know, they don't have any doubt. Yeah. They, can, they can take it. And, and they took out the, the big Dodgers too. Yeah, that's true. I, I had the Dodgers going, so for me that was like a little I mean sad, I think most but, people did. I yeah. think the Braves only I think they only won like eighty eight or eighty nine games. Yeah, no, it's so cool. And and this is their first championship since what, ninety five? Yeah, when I was a little kid. Yeah, yeah. So twenty twenty six years. Twenty six years. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, right before the the Yankees huge run. Yeah, I love that too. I, I love when a team that doesn't usually win also also gets to bring something home to their city. Like that's that's always incredible um, for morale and, and all that fun stuff for sure. Yeah, and this and this playoffs, I think it really proved. I mean, it's. I hope it doesn't stay this way, but it really wasn't about. The starting pitching, you, this whole playoffs really came down to the bullpen. Yeah. I and mean, I think we've seen all the past couple of years, you know, openers and bullpen days and bullpen games. And this World Series, I mean, both both teams barely had starters going into it. And yeah. It was just really just pitching matchups the whole time. And it came down to whatever bullpen was going to hold up, um, hold down their team. I love that. Because, I, I mean, that. the Braves were already shorthanded even after game one. I mean, they had their... They have their veteran ace, Charlie Morton. Right. He's pitching great, and he goes down with a broken fibula in game one. I from know. A, from a long That's drive. That's wild. And he played through that, right? He, yeah, he ended he, up 
I think crazy. You, you got another three outs. Yeah. Like through it. Crazy to, to think what we complain about. And well, the, I mean, just, the moment, you know, adrenaline, the adrenaline, take, adrenaline takes stuff. over. Yeah. I mean, it's still, it's still a nothing. But, to, I mean, finished the inning, went back to the dugout, came back out, pitched another inning. Right. And then I think he planted, you know, just right to where you actually felt. Yeah. It finally hit him. Yeah. And then they took him out. Still but, wild though. But yeah, Atlanta's bullpen. Jorge Soler, you know, had started off last night with amazing. a three-run three bomb. That was an amazing bomb. That, that just took the tone for, like, we're taking this yeah, tonight, for I'm sure. I'm pretty sure that left the stadium. Yeah, I think it did. I think it did. Yeah, yeah. that was so cool. <laughs> Freeman, Freeman added another one. Yeah. But we'll I, see. You know, the World Series is over now. You know, I'm happy for Atlanta. But yeah. obviously, as a Yankee fan... We got a lot of work to do. Looking this forward. Looking forward. I mean, uh, if Freddie Freeman is a free agent, actually, I mean, I, don't, I honestly don't think he's going anywhere. I'm like yeah. Ninety-five percent sure he gets re-signed and stays in Atlanta. Probably. Um, They'll probably double down, I would assume, and, and go for it again. Yeah, I mean, he's like their, their you know, what Chipper Jones was. He, right. He's he's been there. Well, you you keep Freeman, Acuna, right, is gonna come back yeah, from he'll his be injury. Fine. He'll be fine for next season. Kind of double down for next year. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely going to be in the mix. Yeah. I mean, after oh, yeah. coming off the championship, you know, you can't, you can't remain complacent. you got to add pieces. Yeah, got to do it. Love it. Well, good for the Braves, but looking into this winter, possible delays? Yeah, the CBA expires this uh, this winter, right, right before uh, – it'll actually expire before the winter meetings normally take place. Yeah, yeah. Um... And, and I think we've spoken about this before, just with the history of the MLB union and all that fun stuff. Um, but it, well, for those of you who don't know, the CBA is the collective bargaining agreement. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, no, no worries. Um, yeah, that's exactly what I was about to get into. So the CBA expires uh, at 11.59 on December 1st. Um, there hasn't been, um, they have started talks. Um, the first proposal came out in August. Um, and really what's been going on for the most part is that p- players believe their salaries are not keeping pace with owners' revenues. So that's the biggest issue um, that we're seeing between the players' union and the owners. Um, it, it's kind of it's kind of crazy. Um, and, and the current offer on the table that came out in August, it's reported that it included a payroll floor for teams as well as a luxury tax threshold of $180 million dollars which is actually lower than the past five seasons, including 2021 when it was a $210 million tax, luxury tax threshold. Yeah, so, I would say as of late, it's usually been yeah. at least a little over do you want to like? Do you want to explain like what that does for like players' salaries a little bit? I can get into it too. Uh, I mean, well, the problem is, is the star players are still going to seek those mega contracts. Right. And I mean, while base, baseball contracts are a little bloated, I mean... You want to say they they deserve the big money deals, but right. some of these deals are insane. But regardless, um, you know those those star players are either not going to take as long of deals contract lengthwise, and right. they're going to get you know lower you know average annual value. So so basically, what it does is it like lowers like the thr- like basically the threshold is lower in the amount of money a team could give to all of their players. I mean, they can obviously spend over that, right? It's, they don't have a hard cap the way NBA and NFL do. Right, but they're charged, obviously, yeah, in tax. You have, to, you have to pay so, more money on the dollar. Right, so so the that. so the teams and owners' incentive is to try to stay under that luxury threshold, 
which uh, might result in some players not getting a big enough contracts that they deserve or so on and so forth. So, um, and with the trend of MLB continuing to do well for them to go backwards and take, you know, lower this threshold is kind of kind of crazy. I mean, I, I get it. You know, the owners are trying to reel in. Some of these mega deals have been insane. A lot of them don't pan out. Right. Don't work out. I mean, you're literally paying right. 10 years for like a solid four to five years of, you know, good play. Yeah. Um, but even the threshold, like, yeah, I'm, you know, I could care less about the, the threshold because, you know, the top markets are still going to pick their years, pick their moments. Right. Uh, to spend over the luxury tax threshold, you know, the way the Yankees did. Like, yeah. this, this season is their their luxury tax threshold just reset. So, you you know, as a fan, you would hope and assume they're that they're going to be spending this. Yeah, this for sure. But I'm actually more excited about the payroll floor. Okay. Uh, because of the small market teams. Right. A lot of the teams, you know, they're very well in their development, analytics, utilizing their farm system. You know, Tampa Bay is a perfect example of that. Right. Um where they don't spend a lot of money. They will literally let their top free agents walk. They know they have a younger guy ready to come up and and come up cheaper. Right. Um, and get the job done. And what happens is when these... The, the big markets have the leverage when these free agents come out. And like this offseason is, is a huge free agent class for um, shortstops, which is, you know, one of the top sought-out positions. And... These players, you know, they, they want a good market. Right. They want a good, you know, buyer's market. And you could say there's, you know, the 30 or so teams, you know, supposed to be in the mix. But it really comes down to like five or six teams. Right, right, right. Because sure. they already know these small market teams, they don't have a requirement to spend X amount. Yeah. You know, you're already losing, you know, half the teams right off the bat. Right. they're not going to spend. Like, it's outside of their price range. Right. But if there were to be a floor... Um, or at least, you know, they raise the floor, you would you would force teams, you know, to, to spend. spend more. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Because then the, the big market teams know that they only have to bid between three to four other teams for your services. Right. Rather than 10, 15, 20 teams, and then it's actually like, you know, the players, you know, have a little bit more leverage. Yeah, I love that. I love that for them for sure. Um, but also looking at this, there's a lot of concern for the younger players. Um... And, and you and I have talked about this, like, a lot about these, like, crazy long-term contracts, like, like these minimum, six-year minimum deals till someone becomes a free agent. And, like, like oh, it's happened the, to, like, oh, a lot the, of different... team control. Right, right. Yeah, and they're trying yeah. to, like, talk about that, yeah, too. Chris, and Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant's a perfect example perfect of this. Perfect example. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that, yeah, I hope they... I don't know what the answer would be to that, but I hope they're able to come up with something a little bit better. Right. Well, apparently the players are looking for a reduction, so two to three years as opposed to like a six-year minimum. So that yeah, way they. I, mean, I don't know get... what they're going to have to give up in order to get that, but yeah. Right. Um, and they want salary arbitration to begin after the yeah, second they'll, year. They'll delay their service time. Right. You know, they hold them down in the minors, call them up for X amount of games. Right. Right. Just to make sure they don't have free agency until age like 25, 26. Right. Right. Um, the other thing they want is they want to revise the draft rules that currently guarantee high picks for low finishing teams. Um, yeah, they want to like that's in trying to fix tanking. Tanking, yeah. 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 
Um, other things to note about this, the players want a universal DH, which I think would be great. Yeah, I mean, everyone loved it in 2020. Right. But 2020 was a, a, funny a year. very special season in itself. Right. Um, which is also why bats. the players have a bad taste in their mouth, because the MLB owners, like, strong-armed the players in 2020, where the right. players wanted a much longer season. Right. The owners didn't want to pay for it with no fans being in the stands, so that's why we only ended up with a sixty-game sprint. Yeah, and and actually, I think the players wanted at least ninety or hundred. Yeah, games. I think ninety or hundred, and they're actually in arbitration right now over that um, because the players lost. You know, I understand owners lost money as well, but the players lost a lot of money without any conversations about it, um, and they're in arbitration over that yeah, money now. Yeah, so this is fresh in their mind. Yeah, I mean, this was only a going year into ago. this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there could be. I mean, I don't know. There could be work stoppage a little bit, or at least delay the winter games. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, from the owner's point of view, they want expanded playoffs. So I think adding two more teams to the playoffs. Yeah, they did it. In, they once again they, 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 they tried. Yeah, so they, they tried a lot of things. They in tried 2020, a lot of things. It sounds yeah. like. Yeah, and then they would love an international draft. So those are their two big things. Yeah, because right now it's just like the international bonus pool signing. Right. So we'll keep you posted. I think the DH is like pretty much a guarantee. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think that they that's knew like they given. only were able to put it in twenty twenty. Right. But they couldn't officially add it permanently until the CBA expired. Right. Added the new one. Right. Um, so it just makes baseball that much more exciting. I mean, you have, you know, the National League would then be able to have these power headers on their teams that normally wouldn't be able to play the field. Or right. You have an aging player who, you know. You're just gonna have him hit for a little bit. Yeah, towards yeah. the end of his career. Yeah, I like it. I, I also I also hated that the rules were different for uh, the leagues. Like I don't know, it's, it's just, just it just makes it a lot harder. Yeah, I mean it's been a hundred years. I mean it's just about time. No yeah. one, no one wants to see pitchers hit. Yeah. There's like I can count on one hand like the amount of pitchers that can actually right get hits. It's right. Just, it's just not fun. You're able to scheme around it. It's yeah. An automatic out. Yeah. yeah, it's just silly. It's like a wasted bat for the most part. Yeah. Um, some of those big moments, too, like you have to decide, do you take your pitcher out to put a bat in and then, like, put, put, take someone out of your bullpen? Like, there's so many situations where um, just to have a DH and, and let the pitcher do what they do best, yeah, like, makes a lot more sense. Wants a DH. Yeah. I so mean, there's going to be the few, you know, National League traditionalists, but. Right. Is there any speculation on like if there if there is a pitcher that does want to pitch, like can they continue pitching, or once this DH rule goes into effect, like pitchers can't pitch anymore? Do we know, or can they? You mean pitchers can't hit? Pitchers can't hit. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, no, if there's a DH, then they're not... Then they're not going to... They're yeah. not going to hit. Okay, I was just... There's not a ton of them I mean, that want just, to, you but... Just, you just have Otani. Yeah, I was going to say, like, Otani, maybe on his off days, can he DH? Or they probably yeah, I mean, wouldn't do that. Yeah, doing that, but nobody else does that. Yeah. It's a unicorn. I, yeah, I know. The other thing, they're 99% sure, like, they've already kind of come out and say they're finally getting rid of it because it was atrocious and one of the worst <laughs> the rules. Second, second base, Yeah, right? it was once he went to extra innings, this was one of their... Silly attempts at, um, you know, shortening the duration of the of the game because everybody thinks baseball's too long. Right. But if you think baseball's too long, just don't watch baseball. Just don't watch baseball. But they would put the runner on second base. Whoever was the last out going into the tenth inning, there was automatically a runner on second. So silly. Yeah, so and then silly. it was yeah, it was it was horrible. There were so many games that were just decided because of the stupid rule. Yeah. So so we'll see. Like it it seems like. 
I, I can't imagine the playoffs being an issue. I can't imagine international draft being an issue. Uh, this yeah, money thing is going to be two teams for the playoffs. On right. Each, each league. This money thing is going to be interesting, especially with arbitration going on at the same time. Um, They're going to have to just land on a number. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, I this is like one of my favorite things, thinking about unions and stuff like that. So we'll keep you updated as we find out more. I I hope that it doesn't like delay spring, spring season, but Not you even know. spring. I mean, this is, if they don't get a deal done, I mean, yeah. this free agency gets delayed. Free agency gets There's delayed. A lot of big free agents out there. Yeah, that's true. So we're, we'll keep you posted. Obviously, MLB is going to take a little bit of a back burner, but yeah, like I mean, we're still going to keep you posted we'll on more. all this stuff. I mean, this is coming up in, in a month. Ooh, December. So, Welcome to November. We'll yeah. We'll you in the next you know episode or two yeah for sure um and if you have any thoughts on it let us know dm us we'd love to know what you think about it as well all right starting off with nfl we'll get into our week eight recap um not too many exciting games this this week um but we'll start off with thursday night football there was a lot of i mean there's still a good amount of teams on by right and there was just kind of a lot of Scoring duds yeah. across the board. But yeah. there were a couple good games. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we'll get into it. Thursday Night Football. Packers beat the undefeated Cardinals. Yeah, which was surprising because Devontae Adams was ruled out due to COVID. So <laughs> Wild. Rodgers got it done. Yeah. Backups. Oh, yeah, for sure. With 15 seconds remaining in the fourth quarter, Cardinals down by three points at the Green Bay five-yard line. Uh, Rashad Douglas picked off a pass intended for A.G. Green. Um, who actually never looked for the ball. Yeah, Kyler, <laughs> Kyler set this up lovely. Right. You know, all he had to do was turn around and had the game-winning touchdown right there. Right, right. So, glorious win for the Packers. Uh, they now have the same record, 7-1. and one. Um, What a turnaround for the Packers this season from that first game. Like, just loved, loved to see it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Rodgers did not play well that first game, and then they've just – been on a winning streak ever since. Yeah, I just love it. Love it, love, love it. All right, we'll move into uh, the Jets. Beat the Bengals. Yeah, the Jets. <laughs> Nobody expected this. And this is not even with the, the Jets' savior, Zach Wilson. Wasn't oh, my playing. God. The backup uh, quarterback, Mike White, <laughs> was starting. He was actually drafted by the Cowboys, by the way. Really? So you're welcome, Jets fans. <laughs> um, He's the first Jets quarterback this season to clear the 300-yard mark. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I guess he didn't. I think Wilson came close. He might have had like 285 one week. This is wild. It's just like, what is going on? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the the team, you know, from the interviews I've seen, like, teammates love this guy. Yeah. Do they, they said he's a savage. You know, he, he gets it done. Will he take the starting role? Uh, I mean, I think the way the head coach was talking – I think he's he's starting again. I, mean, I, I guess you have to ride the hot. Not to say, like, Zach Wilson obviously is the future. But, right. You know, okay. sometimes, you know, they gave the opportunity to start. He hasn't been doing that well. I know everyone thought he was going to be rookie of the year and not happening. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, you take a couple steps back, and then, you know, maybe maybe he wins the job back before the end of the season, or you start him beginning of next season. But yeah. I think after what Mike White did, I mean, he literally led the NFL in passing yards. Right. This week. This week, yeah, for sure. He put up, what, over 400? Yeah, more than Mahomes, more than Brady. Like, this is Mike Mike White. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, good for him. Like, it was his first career start, puts over 400 yards, first quarterback season to clear 300-yard mark, like, gives him a win. And the Bengals were up. 
Yeah. The, the Bengals were up in the fourth. Right. Like with, uh, I don't know. I forget how many minutes left. It was less than half of the quarter was left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and the Jets defense showed up as well because, you know, Burrow, Burrow couldn't bring it back. Yeah, no, he definitely couldn't. What do we? What does it say about the Bengals? Um... I don't. I'm not looking too much into it. Right. Okay. I mean, every every good team's gonna have a bad game like this. I guess if if this happens again, if they falter to a team that they should beat, then yeah, I'm. You know, I would say I'm worried about the Bengals, but it's just crazy because they just beat the Ravens. Right. Right. And everyone was you know talking about they're the the cream of the crop in the AFC, and then they lose to the Jets. Yeah. So. I mean, Jets were due too, so that, yeah, I think it's like a perfect storm. But that's what's great about the NFL. I mean, yeah. That's, that's football. It's crazy. Um, the Saints take down Brady, 36-27. to 27. Yeah, the Superdome. I mean, that Saints defense is like Brady's kryptonite. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. I mean, granted, they didn't have Antonio Brown. Right, okay. Give him that. Uh, Gronkowski, which I already knew it was you know, going to be kind of an issue. I mean, this man's coming off a punctured lung. Yeah, I don't even know why they thought he'd play. ribs. And Poor Gronk. I think it was week three that he got injured. I mean, yeah. it's only week eight. I mean, five weeks for I, all that. I, I I When when they even speculated that, I, I was mean, like, he, is it is it that quick of a recovery for a punctured lung? Like, I, I can't even imagine that that's so. the I mean, case. The only other time I remember that happening was when it actually happened to Tony Romo. Oh, I forgot and it was then. Yeah, he punctured his lung, built a game. But Tony Romo's gangster and finished the game. Right. Beat that beat the 49ers that year that the 49ers were like unbelievable. One of their only two losses. Anyway. That guy Tony. I digress. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just in it, I didn't think he'd be ready to play. But yeah. they, they put him out there. I think he got one target. I think he got back spasms. Um they they took him back out of the so they have their off. bye week coming up. All right. Um for week week nine, yeah. So okay. maybe he looks better after in week ten. Yeah, and um, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think that this game said a lot about the Saints' defense. Yeah, um, I thought they played phenomenal. Um, Jameis Winston goes out with season-ending injury. Yeah, that that was that was rough. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jameis wasn't playing the greatest, but he was playing. He was playing solid football. Yeah, he was really he, starting to kind of turn around. His he's career. he's not someone I want to see hurt, though, for sure. Uh, and Tom, I mean, Tom Brady. I don't know. I, I, I mean, it really was the Saints' defense because they didn't right. even have their backup quarterback Taysom Hill. Right. They had to go to their third string Trevor Simeon. Yeah, that's true. And you would think Brady would get it done, but yeah, it's all right. I mean, they came close. Yeah. Um, I think I think we got to end week eight recap with the Cowboys winning with Cooper Rush. Yeah, it's just the <laughs> the week of the backup quarterbacks. I know, literally, literally. But yeah, um, it was yeah Sunday Night Football Cowboys versus Vikings. Uh, I mean, all week they were talking about you know is Dak going to play? Are they going to rest him? You know, it was his his calf. You know, you don't want to further injure that into in the you know. Um, a really bad strain. Right, right. Uh, with I'm, I'm glad they kept him out. I, I really am. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm fine with it. And this is an even longer, there's an additional week, you know. Right. No one's catching us in the NFC East. I mean, we pretty much have the division, but, you know, I don't even, the Cowboys don't care about the division. That's not what they're shooting for. Right. You know, they're, they're one of the top seeds in the NFC, if not, mm-hmm. like, you know, 
the team to beat right now. Right. And they're playing for that bye. I think this stat was um, 16 out of the last 17 Super Bowl winners. Had a bye. Have all had the bye. Okay. The only anomaly to that streak is... Tom Brady last year with the Buccaneers. Okay. They didn't have the bye. But that's, he's the goal. But that's Tom so Brady. He's allowed to be the anomaly. And also considering that there's an extra game this season. Like, so it just goes to show how valuable yeah. that buy is. Yeah. And you have a week a week off. For sure. Um, I didn't realize that the, that's what they were playing for, but it makes a lot of sense. The top the top seed in each conference. Yeah. So they're going yeah. to they break that first week. Okay. While cool. everyone else dukes it out. Yeah. It, it's just, it's like, it's always fun to see the Cowboys playing well and then to see them play well with their backup quarterback is just... Yeah, so, I mean, it was Cooper Rush. I mean, nobody knew what kind of results, you know, he was going to deliver. Um, Early on, I mean, you you figured, you know, we're going to go with the run game of, you know, Zeke Zeke and Pollard, the one-two punch. The Cowboys have been running. And they were ready. They were ready for the Zeke run game. Like, they were prepared for it, I feel like. Uh, Not so much. I mean, you would think, because, I mean, I think the Vikings were preparing for Dak most of the week. I mean, I think some of the players even, they had some film on Cooper Rush. Right. Um, they were preparing for Dak, but the minute, you know, Cooper Rush is playing, you have to force him to throw the ball. Yeah. Like you got to stack the box against Zeke and see what this guy can do. But I mean, I don't even think they stacked the box that much. Yeah, that's true. Um, cause Zeke was, Zeke was getting runs. I mean, and CD was playing great. He got open all game to help out Cooper, uh, Rush in his first start. Amari, who, you know, once again, you know, was subbing in and out of the game. You know, he always seems like he's dealing with minor injuries. But Amari's a gamer. He's great. He always plays through injuries. Love that. Um, you know, he ended up delivering the game-winning touchdown catch uh, as well. Yeah. Even though uh, CeeDee Lamb tried to uh, steal that play in the huddle. Yeah. Um, right before that was the funny side story. <laughs> um, but the defense, I mean, it, this this game was because of the defense. The yeah, defense, for sure. You know, literally came together and we're like, all right, we're rocking with Cooper. You know, we, we have to deliver. We yeah. have to get this done. And I love that. That was that was awesome. Yeah. I mean, they're – I mean, the best thing is, is Dan Quinn, our defensive <laughs> coordinator. He's really gotten all these guys to buy in. Um, the fact that, you know, we have two players uh, in the running for, you know, Defensive Defensive player of the year. year. Yeah. One of them being Micah Parsons, who's also in the big game too. Defensive rookie of the year. Oh yeah, I mean he was everywhere. I mean he he was the first rookie ever to record in that game. He recorded ten solo tackles, solo tackles and four tackles for a loss. I mean I feel like the entire time I was watching the game, he's just (laughs) You just see him like he's so animated too. Micah again. Finally getting used to the new the new numbers the jerseys. Yeah. Because I keep thinking of wide receivers you know, tackling the running back. Right. Um, but yeah, Micah's everywhere. He was the best player on the field, hands down, Sunday night, um, which rightfully earned him Defensive Player of the Week, NFC Defensive Player of the Week, which just yeah. came out. Uh, and then also to Randy Gregory, you know, he's had a, you know, somewhat of a troubled start in the NFL. You know, Jerry Jones loves giving his second chances. Um, and he's finally playing well. Uh, he was a force to reckon with. Uh, not to be ignored going forward. I think he's got five sacks on the season. And then Trayvon Diggs, you know, the other. Love him. He's been the, uh, the star along with Micah on the defense. He didn't have his best game. Um, right. You know, he didn't have a pick. 
you know, everyone's expecting. And he's had one every game or? Every game, Every game up until this one? Yeah, so, you know, he set the bar high. Now everyone thinks he's going to get an interception literally every single game. Yeah, but it's like, it's so crazy to see that Trayvon Diggs could could not have the best game and their defense still goes off. Like, it just says so much about their defense For sure, Which is great, you know? Uh, I mean, he still leads the league in interceptions. Um, And then to think on the other side of it, you know, the Vikings, they have a top five running back. Right. They have a top ten, top ten wide receiver. Um, And they have Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson. And the fact that uh, Diggs didn't even have a good game, they held Jefferson to... Two catches the entire game. Um, but, you know, the streak came to the end. He didn't get the pick. Um, but, you know, overall, great defensive effort. Yeah, it was awesome. So, um, I mean, Week 8 was, you know, Week 8 wasn't the best, but there was definitely some crazy games. Like, cool to see Cowboys finish it off like this. So Yes, six games in a row. Mm, let's get it. All right, now going into the NFL trade deadline, which was also this week. We'll talk a little bit about who got traded. Starting off with Von Miller, goes to the Rams for a second and third round pick in 2022. Rams report they're all in after this trade. They're officially tracing the trophy now. The Um, deadline was this past uh, Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. And... I thought this would have a big impact on fantasy football. Yeah. Especially waivers. For sure. Um, but the deadline, the NFL trade deadline, always gets hyped up and always ends up being a dud. Dud. Um, you know, there's maybe the like, word of the day for NFL does. Yeah, dud. <laughs> um, yeah, no, nothing really affect. I mean, fantasy wise, you know, Von Miller going to the Rams. I mean, we'll see what he still has. I mean, Von Miller's been playing a while for in in the league. Um, you know, this is the Rams MO. You know, they trade their their draft picks and they trade away like all their draft picks, um, and just keep acquiring more and more veterans and stars and it seems to work. I mean, the Rams are always in the hunt, they're always in the mix in the playoffs. Um, you know, they've been to the Super Bowl recently, so it seems to work. I mean, their their philosophy, you know, you have to assume is just why take a chance on a rookie? There's much you know, much more risk in a rookie not painting out rather than, you know, the real thing. I mean, and it clearly works for them, so. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they have, they got Stafford, you know, Stafford's, they literally have the number one offense in the league, and they, they've been playing phenomenal. So they got Von Miller to beef up the defense, him playing with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey is, like, insane. Right. You know, quarterbacks, you know, watch out. Um, but funny thing behind this Von Miller trade the reports coming out, kind of two sides to the story. Well, there's always two sides to the story. Um, I mean, there was rumor that Von Miller, you know, the Broncos aren't playing that well. They kind of seem like they're in sell mode. Um, but it was a little weird that they were paying for pretty much all of his salary. I think, like, not they paid paying, like, $9 million out of the remaining nine point six or something like that. Interesting. But come to find out, I didn't, I didn't even know about this. I guess Von Miller, over the years... Um, he loves Halloween, and it, he always throws his uh, this annual, I guess it's famous, you know, six figures Halloween party. Um, and this year, it seemed to be really dividing the locker room. Um, so he would throw this party, but he would, you know, I think he would front all the money, but then expect his teammates to kind of kick in 
and pay for it as well. Um, so I don't know if there was like a miscommunication or, you know, teammates in the past have paid, helped pay for it and it was just kind of assumed. But management and coaching staff got wind of this and they pretty much decided like, we're not going to disturb the chemistry and let's just trade Von Miller. <laughs> um, you know, Miller wanted the teammates to kick in and help pay for the party. I guess once the party was over, Von Miller was sending out Venmo requests to teammates. That's wild. And they were just all ignoring the requests. And then he gets traded. <laughs> um, and, you know, then he was, you know, threatening to cause a ruckus in the locker room. And this is when management got involved. Um, but then there's other reports on the other side of it saying that um, Von Miller actually didn't really want to throw the party, even though he loves doing it every year because they were doing bad and he didn't want to really, really reward, you know, a so losing, a losing yeah, season. Yeah. I mean, not bad behavior. Right, I mean, right. But I get it. Yeah, yeah, for but, sure. But, you know, they shouldn't really be like going all out and celebrating. Right. When, you know, they still have work to do. So I guess this year, from what his camp is saying, is the teammates wanted it more than he did, which I guess is why he would especially be angry as to why they didn't. Well, not paying for it. You know, or help, helping. Help pick up the tab. Um, you know, so I'll leave it up to. I'll leave it up to you listeners as to which side of the story you're going to believe. But I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, These football parties, huh? This guy gets treated (laughs) over a Halloween party. Yeah, it's wild. Um, But, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it seems better for Von Miller to be in the Rams anyway. Um, So, we'll see. It's good for him. Yeah, I think he won. He won this. He won out. He won out. Um, Moving over to OBJ. Not traded. Not traded. That's so, how exciting this deadline was, you know. <laughs> these are the players that should have been traded. Um, who loses more here, OBJ or, or the Browns? Uh, I feel like OBJ. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like he's stuck in purgatory over in Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah. He was uh, – was he excused from practice? I mean, the Giants lost this – the Giants are losing The Giants are also. losers. Yeah. I okay. mean, for what they gave up, I mean, they should have just kept Beckham. Yeah, they should have. Because they have nothing to show for it. I yeah. Mean, Jabril Peppers and I think the guy they drafted with the pick that they got isn't even on the team anymore. Yeah. And I don't really know what the chemistry is like between OBJ and the Browns right now. Yeah, but... I mean, he's, he's been hurt consistently. And then I just feel like the way they're a very run-heavy team. Right. I mean, he's there with his, you know, his best buddy, Jarvis Landry. I don't, I don't, I think him and Baker get along. Um, I, I don't think, I would like to think that Baker just purposely isn't throwing to him to sabotage. I mean, that's, you would he, like to think it or like to not think that? I would like to not, yeah. Not think I would that. like to not yeah, think that's, that that's the case, but some people are kind of. I can't imagine like I feel like Baker wants to win. Like I can't imagine Baker not throwing to someone who could help him. Yeah, I mean he's complete. Been, he's been playing her. I mean I guess it just comes down to the coaching and the schemes. And if they're not calling plays for OBJ, then that's that's on them. That's on management. That's not on Baker. Yeah. Um, but even reports today, I mean OBJ showed up to practice and was excused. You know, not due to injury. They pretty much sent him home. Um, so it just seems like the Browns and, and Beckham Jr. are heading towards a divorce. I'm so disappointed in the Browns. Like, I had a lot of, I don't know, expectations for yeah, them this I know. year. You had, you had high hopes for I the Browns. I really did. Like, I mean, on paper, I mean, they have a very talented roster. 
it's just like it's like they're self-sabotaging them like it's like self-sabotage right now i don't want to explain it yeah, like I mean, there's still time i mean yeah is there though <laughs> no there is i mean it's only week eight I mean, yeah there's... eight more games what are we halfway through the season technically yeah like right? just about just about yeah because of the 18 weeks oh 18 duh well it's 18 weeks and you have one by so right right 17 okay. games yeah so we're about halfway through yeah um still a good amount of teams on by next week too I but mean, it see. just seems like uh i think the browns really did want to trade them they obviously couldn't get the price that they wanted for them so right. they you know they decided to keep them but was there any word about like were they who they talked to at all or no no i don't think it came out it never I mean, came out I mean, right well, i didn't see anything so i don't know if you i mean there's anything. always like you know you would think the chiefs right the packers yeah uh, the saints you know yeah, that's true. teams that need wide receiver help especially michael thomas is now ruled out for the season uh, he was supposed to be coming back off our for them but um you know the, the browns sent beckham home um, today from practice and it just seems like they're gonna kind of go the Deshaun Watson route where you know he'll be paid he'll be on they're willing to eat the roster spot on the 53rd man roster and they just rather pay him to not play I just I, I than, can't believe rather than be released uh, maybe they put him maybe that. they put him on waivers and he cle- you know clears waivers but I mean I don't know yeah I just I think it's crazy that we not we, like, like I'm sitting here paying players as much money, but I can't believe there's teams in in any professional league that will just play pay that much talent to sit on benches. Like, it just seems so egotistical and... Well, there's got to be more to it. Yeah. I mean, we don't know what... No, I know, but it's, it's just it's kind of But I think of OBJ ridiculous. just needs a fresh start. Yeah, but also, like, how many fresh starts could OBJ get? Like, what, is he going to play right? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess he's. This is partly his fault too. Yeah. I mean, he got himself traded out of New York, and sometimes the grass isn't greener. Yeah, definitely not. Not right being, now. After being a diva. Um, I don't know. And then, lastly, also not a trade, um, <laughs> but I guess a, an acquisition. Um, after Derrick Henry's unfortunate injury, I mean, if any any team. You know, lost Derrick Henry. There's that's like a gut punch. I yeah. Mean, after the Titans have had you know great wins over over the Chiefs, over the Colts. Um, you know, he broke a a bone in his foot. He's out six to ten weeks. He just had a, a successful surgery. Um, so they signed Adrian Peterson, Oof. who uh, was last in the league uh, with the Detroit Lions uh, last season. So, I mean, we'll see. I like AP. I mean, he's 36 years old, but I don't know. I'll take a 36-year-old Adrian Peterson over an unproven backup in uh, Jeremy McNichols. Yeah. I, I, I would like to think that Adrian Peterson can still I mean, he, it's, perform all the reports and... are saying that, you know, he's kept himself in shape, and I believe it. I mean, he's a physical specimen. Right. You know. um, he came back from the ACL injury, I think, in, like, eight, nine months or something like that. Like, freakish. Like, no one does that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he's older. You know, he's, you know, more injury prone than, you know, this McNichols guy. But if any team's, you know, built for AP, I mean, the Titans run the, the power run scheme. You know, they're going to have to – Tannehill's going to have to rely on, you know, A.J. Brown. They got Leo Jones. They're, you know, Jones better step up now even more. 
Um, they have a good old line. I, I think AP will be all right. But though, and those are really two. I mean, there weren't too many fantasy waiver wire pickups this week. Right. It's getting pretty de- desolate out there. You know, your team's kind of either getting ready for the long haul. You, you know, it's starting to the, the the pack is separating. You're either a playoff team or you're not. Yeah. In your fantasy league. Uh, I mean, obviously injuries injuries happen every week, but um, yeah, the top pickups this week were like McNichols, Adrian Peterson, and yeah, that that was pretty much it. And that then was it. Pretty much, you know, team dependent. You know, if you have more guys on buys, you can get there's some a few tight ends out there. Um, but yeah, right. AP's back in the league. AP, let's see it. We'll let you know how uh, we think he did next week. All right, moving into the NBA, uh, we'll start with the power rankings. Heat and Jazz are first and second. They're the only two teams in the league right now that are 6-1. and one. I have to shout out the Heat. Um, before this last game, which was last night, they have outscored their opponents by an incredible 43.3 points per 100 possess- possessions in the first quarter. Um, wild, just wild, just wild. Yeah, they they are ready to go <laughs> off to tip off. They are mad. They are mad, and they don't care who knows it. Um, yeah, I mean, except for last night's game was probably like the first game where they were outscored in the first quarter. But, yeah, yeah. Um, they ended up dropping forty six points in the second quarter, so they did not let that uh, slip away for too long. Gives me jealous. Six game win streak. You know they've. They've literally the only game they lost was the only game Kyle Lowry didn't play. Um, yeah, and they beat every opponent by double digits. It's wild, 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 wild. Um, you know, we, we're looking around the league, the top four teams in the East right now. You have Miami in first place, um, who's you know they're playing phenomenal. I mean, Kyle Lowry. It's you know I I miss Dragic, but you know. Kyle Lowry is just an insane upgrade. It's it's amazing the pace that he pushes the offense to, and everyone's just playing well off each other. Bam already, you know, making his defensive player of the year campaign loud and clear. Jimmy playing like an MVP. You know, he was the Eastern Conference Player of the Week, and you know, PJ and PJ Tucker, Markeith Morris playing great. Hero playing phenomenal. Amazing. Amazing. Finally playing like, you know, he deserves to be mentioned with the other premier guards. Yeah. And even Charles Barkley tried to throw some shade that, you know, so what? That he's scoring all these points. He's playing against bums, you know, backups. But that's not the way Spolstra runs his rotations. Right. Because, you know, Hero for the most part comes in halfway through the first quarter. But, you know, Barkley failed to mention that. Hero closes out numerous games. Right, right. Uh, you know, he's normally in that closing rotation. Right. So he's playing against starters in the most crucial quarter, you know, in the last, you know, five, five, six minutes. It's not only about that. It's about, like, how many teams do we see their second rotation, like, can barely keep up and the first rotation has to go back in and, like, play recovery as opposed to just, like, continuing to turn on the on the lead. And Hero allows for them starters to take a, a healthy break no i get it jimmy and jimmy butler can actually you know enjoy his time on the bench rest easy relax assess what's going on on the court and not come in and play catch up like there's something to be said no, about... i get it but i mean i get the argument that charles barkley's saying like typically 
you know, you're playing against backups, so it's not as good a competition. But yeah. Spoh, but we've seen, Spoh, but we've Spoh seen what you could do. Different rotations. Yeah, but we could see we've seen what Hero's capable to do in 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 front of a lot of different players, not only. Oh, Barkley, annoying. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah. So Hero's definitely uh, six man of the year candidate. So yeah, far. love it. Um, yeah, Philly in second. Which you got to give credit to Philly because right. of the Ben, Som- ben Simmons, Simmons drama saga, whatever you want to call it. Keeping it, keeping um, it going. You know, yeah, they've been able to, you know, move on. You know, as a team, you know, whenever he does come back, you know, whatever they'll figure it out. But you know, Embiid's been holding it down. Tobias Harris, Seth Curry's playing well. Um, yeah, Philly's Philly's a good team. Right. And then Chicago. You know, I said this before the season started. You know, they're going to make waves. They're going to be a playoff team, and they're proving it too. They've they've had big wins. Um, you know, with the with the additions that they had in Lonzo Ball and yeah, uh, sure about that. You know, adding Vucevic last year. Right. Yeah, they're playing well, and then you have Toronto in fourth, the fourth seed right now. And and surprisingly, they're not even really playing Drogic, who you know the Heat traded. Dragic and uh, Precious Achua up there for Kyle Lowry, but you know they have uh, they have playmakers up there. And then over to the West, uh, you have the other top team in the league, Utah Jazz. They play great team basketball too. I love them. I I just like watching them. They they play really well. Utah, the other Miami connection. Yeah. Dwayne Wade is the minority owner. Yeah. Which it I makes think they, sense. I think they just put that in place to keep Donovan Mitchell, you know, happy and. That's his mentor now. Yeah, I can see that. But, you know, Jazz uh, Jazz could go to the championship too. I mean, you could easily see, you know, Heat versus Jazz. That would be up. That would be a finals. Like, I don't, that would I don't be such think, team basketball yeah. finals. Like, that would be scrappy-ass basketball. I just don't believe in Rudy Gobert that much. Okay, I can see that. He also could not win defensive player of the year again. Yeah, no, no, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> great defensive, Boy, great defensive player, but can be exposed. Yeah. Um, Golden State. I love when Golden State, too, is in the Golden, top four. Golden, like, that Golden means State's so much. Golden State's number two right now, and Curry's on fire. Andrew Wiggins is actually contributing. Yeah. Draymond's healthy. Can you imagine when Clay's back? Yeah, that's oh, a, and that's what I was getting at. Like, they don't even so have Clay back. Fire. And they're going to be getting Weissman back, too. They're, oh, right. They're, they're center. Right. Um, they got center. I just like when Golden State's good. I don't know. I like Curry. Like, I like watching them. Like, they're so much more fun to watch than the Lakers, so. Yeah. And then, in th- yeah, speaking of Lakers, they're in third. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Lakers were my pick to come out of the Western Conference. Um, it's still early. You know, of course, they they, aren't, they haven't been looking too good. Um, I, I mean, I they're still, definitely going to turn it around. But. Yeah, I'm not, like, that's what I mean. Like, they were the safest pick for me to come out of the West. Like, I, like they're definitely going to figure it out. Like, right. LeBron's not going to let them have a losing season by any means. Um, I just don't think the Russell Westbrook thing works. Maybe they get it to work a little bit. I don't know. But AD's as long as AD's healthy, there's nothing I can say, like because AD's a dominant force. Right. Um and then you you know, the middle of the pack, you have a bunch of teams tied fourth, you have the Mavericks, who the Heat just beat last night mm-hmm. handedly. Um, you know, even though Luca went off, I mean that, that's what that's you know, that's what's gonna happen. You play the Mavs, Luka, right. Luka goes off. Granted, you know, Porzingis and Kleber weren't playing last night, but I don't think, uh, it, I don't think, I don't it, think it really even mattered. Yeah. Um, but Hero was given Doncic's work 
last night. You know, he he played great defense on him. He was you know he was shooting threes up um, while he was guarding him. Uh, and then you have the Grizzlies. You know, John Morant doing his thing again. You know, that was my pick for right comeback player of the year. And then the Nuggets, my dark horse pick. Uh, Jokic can't forget about Jokic. Um, so some of the teams, some of these teams are going to fall off, but. Um, the Easter Conference is weird. It's just like, what year are we in? Yeah. If you look at like the one through the eight right now. Yeah, that's true. Where the the Nets are on the outside looking in when you think the Nets would be in like the top two. It's not. It's I'm not worried about the see. Nets either. Like, yeah, they'll be fine. They, you know, they were expecting to have Kyrie. Yeah, they got to adjust. They yeah, just got to adjust and figure it out. You know? And Harden has to adjust to the new rules. Yeah. Speaking of the new rule, preventing offensive players from drawing cheap fouls has been successful so far this season. Uh, The NBA laid out a number of examples of non-basketball moves that offensive players have consistently incorporated over the years to persuade referees to make favorable, favorable calls. Some of these include the shooter launches or leans into a defender at an abnormal angle. The offensive player abruptly veers off his path sideways or backwards into a defender we see that so much the shooter kicks his leg up to his side at an abnormal angle the offensive player off arm hooks the defender often in the process of attempting a shot in a non-basketball manner yeah and this is all typically you know either at the three-point line or as they're driving to the rim you know it's it's basically it was a loophole in like form of flopping that uh you know, a lot of the quick, a lot of the quick guys, a lot of the guys that have great handles. You know, basically within the parameter of the rules, you know, you're able to trick the ref into getting a lot of calls. Yeah. And now a lot of the, you know, some of these NBA stars they are having to adjust to the game. Right. You know, they, you know, they're so quick to complain. You know. <laughs> well, you should be um, playing to play and not playing to get a foul. And yeah. That's that was the issue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, whether he deserves, you know, all the all the spotlights running this, but, you know, the first name that always comes to mind is James Harden. And I think it was, like, the first four or five games, you know. <laughs> he It was, the like, first time ever, first time in, like, I don't know, like, five, six years that he went to the free throw line, like, less than five times or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, something wild like that. He, I mean, he, he adjusted quickly. You know, I think they were just also testing the waters as far as, like, what they still were going to be able to get away with. Um, but, you know, Harden and Trey Young are probably, like, the two biggest, uh, I guess, violators. I don't know. That sounds extreme. Um, yeah, culprits. I get it. Um, but last year, Trey Young actually led all guards in personal fouls drawn last season uh, with 6.8 per game, which is really high. Uh, Damian Lillard was right behind him at 6.3. Then it was Colin Sexton. Then it was uh, Luka, Darren Fox, and then Bradley Beal at 5.4. Yeah, it's it's just wild. Like again, like it takes away from being able to play basketball. Like these are not most of the times that these fouls. Oh, I love it. It's like yeah. Get, no, know, I meant like before real, this foul. Let's play real ball. Yeah, yeah. Like I I just think like before this rule was put into place, like there were so many instances where like fouls were being called and the de- the defense like wasn't even back. Like they really like were just coming back into the group like oh i mean at the peak of this so many cra- you, crazy you had to defend these guards with two hands behind your back right. because you put your hands anywhere near them you right know, they were or how- flailing or throwing their body up into you right or, or how many times like was a defender like coming back and like 
Trey Young or someone else like backing up into them and like getting a foul called on them. Like just so many instances that like it doesn't make like it, it just it was just wild. Like it took away from the game. You're having too many stops in the game, ruining the flow. Like um, so I, I I love this. Like I I think less fouls called the better in general for the flow of basketball so it's it's just great that they address this and yeah this is actually one of the few times they actually did something right yeah um <laughs> for sure but yeah it's it's been good so far yeah um and then also this uh this week you know they do the city uh, the city edition jerseys um but this was like an even bigger deal because you know this this is the 75th anniversary of the, of the national basketball association so um, some teams, you know, took the extra step and made some Yeah, pretty, some pre- fire jerseys. Pretty fire jerseys, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean if you haven't seen them, like definitely Google them. I think a lot I think a lot of the teams did a really great job or play play a lot of Odom to to some really cool old old um old jerseys or retro jerseys. So I definitely yeah. take a look at them. I mean I don't even care. Like the Heat have the best oh, yeah. out there. Oh yeah. The serial like I don't even care if it comes off as bias. Right. Is it is it like weird to call it serial killer letter lettering? Like is that like wrong to say? That's what it reminds me of though. Yeah, that's wrong. That's <laughs> not what I would call it. No, it's honoring it's, all the right. city editions from so, previous years and incorporating them all together. Right. So you understand what I'm saying until you see it. It's basically it's more like nostalgic. It's yes. Yeah, it's I like, know. You think it's like the Riddler Right, it's basically like if they cut a letter from each jersey yeah, and like put it together. It's going back to the old ones during you know when LeBron was there. Right, like those were actually some pretty nice ones. Um, and each of the players actually, actually, so side note, um, cool story. These city edition jerseys, every team in the league, except for Miami, um, has Nike okay. to design and take care of what they're gonna have their city edition jerseys. Okay. Miami's the only one that does it in-house. Oh, I didn't they, know that. They design their own jerseys. I love that. I mean, obviously, they're all licensed by Nike. Right, right. Uh, but I just thought that was cool. Like, they actually take pride in, and that's why they have the best jersey. Yeah, I like it. That's awesome. They, I mean, they know their t- they know their squad the best. Like, yeah. they know what their squad's going to yeah. wear. The Vice, the Vice jerseys were cool. Oh, so Vice cool. versa, um, the, you know, the... The championship yellow gold ones were yeah. a little, they're, you know, not that good. But, a little weird. Um, but it was actually cool. So, like, with all the different lettering, each of the players were able to select which colors. Because uh, each color represents a different year. Right. So they were able to select, like, you know, whatever their number is, you know, 13, whether they want the yellow one with the blue three. And then, like, how they're going to do it, which is pretty cool. That's really cool. That gives you a lot more pride in your jersey when you get to, like, piece it together like that. And Yeah, NBA, you can take my money. I'll definitely be ordering Yeah, one. Chris is getting one. Um, uh, so I liked – I also like the Heat jersey. Um, but I also want to mention OKC Toronto and the Magic. I also like those three. The, the Magic was a retro one for me. I also liked the Toronto logo. I thought it was just fire. Yeah, they put like the huge Raptor on Yeah, there. I thought the Raptor was so cool. Like that was such a cool... The OKC, like, I don't know, I guess like, it was the all white. Yeah, I thought it was like, I it liked was, the, it. It was, was like clean, a super clean. But it was also like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 maybe it's the girl, the aesthetic, like, pleasing yeah. in me that liked it. Uh, how about you? you? So you like the heat? Anyone Obviously, else? yeah, the best the best ones out there. <laughs> the heat, hands down. Right. Um, I actually like the Spurs one. Okay. That was I like the the retro with that. Right. And then also the Rockets. Yeah, the the Rockets. They brought in the color scheme from like the nineties. Yeah, I, that was a cool one. 
Uh, I also like we talked about this before, but like the Nets, like Jason Kidd, like the that that retro. That one was cool too. Yeah, that was like reminiscent of like two thousands. Yeah, that reminds me of being in middle school running basketball games. I think sure. they were wearing those ones tonight. Oh yeah, I gotta. So the gotta heat, look it the up. heat debut. Uh, there's tomorrow, tomorrow against Boston. Okay. When we beat Boston. When you beat Boston. Yeah. Okay. We. we. When, <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be there on the bench. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, I disliked uh, the Celtics, actually, the Clippers. And I, I know some of my favorite people in the world are going to be mad at you about this, but I didn't like the Knicks one either that much. The all black ones? Yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was like. I thought they were okay. Ugh. I thought they were cool. I don't know. I just, they were nothing special. I, I didn't really care for the the Kings. Okay. It's like Sacktown. Uh, yeah, I thought that was like the Sacktown thing. Like, it was I mean, they're weird. the Sacramento Kings, but it's just Sacktown sounds bad. Yeah, it's just, I, I don't know. It's just weird. I mean, Sacramento. You know, the Kings are they can never do anything right. <laughs> um, the Bucks, I thought, was pretty unoriginal. It literally looks like the same jersey they wear right now. It's I thought that. Like a little bit bigger font. I was going to say, it's just like Maybe they the enlarged, they like little, zoomed it. The yeah. green's different, the too. The green's a little the bit The green's darker. different, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, cool, guys. <laughs> um, and then Chicago, I thought they, they didn't put much thought into it. I mean, like, they did the retro script. Yeah. Come on, Nike. It's all right. I mean, Figure it they out. can't all be winners. Um, but yeah, the, well, you know, if you haven't seen them yet, definitely look them up. They're yeah, super check cool. Them out. Um, um, if you, I mean, for the most part, like if you were a fan and you hadn't gotten a jersey in a while, some of these are like the coolest jerseys I've seen in a while. Like I would invest in one of yeah, these. If not, it's wait okay. for next year or just get an original jersey. Just get an original. Not, uh, not everybody's team can be cool. <laughs> All right. And wrapping up, it is now... We're now into November, mm. <laughs> so that means the Winter Olympics are actually coming up. Uh, we're just yeah, just about four months away, which is kind of weird because we just had the Summer Olympics. This is gonna be the first time ever, you know, because of the twenty twenty, you know, COVID pandemic delaying everything. Um, they're gonna be like back to back for the first time ever. Yeah. But the so Winter Olympics are my favorite. I I love Winter Olympics. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love you know, all the swimming events and obviously USA basketball. I mean, there's, the there's definitely some notable sports and players. But I feel like I watch almost every, every event for winter where summer I can literally like could care less about more than half of them. Yeah, like like speed skating, hockey, skiing, snowboarding, like Bob's like it's just freaking figure skating. Like there's yeah, I'll like watch, every freaking night. I'll even watch the figure skating. <laughs> it's just, I it's, know that shit's hard. It's amazing. Like, it just, I don't know. I don't know if it's because I don't pl- play any winter sports that I, like, appreciate them more. Like, I have no idea. But Yeah, I don't even like doing any cold sports. <laughs> yeah, like, do not. Chris I and think... I will not go skiing. Like, no, yeah, thank you. Yeah, you will not see me on the mountain <laughs> ever. I know so many people love it. I just, and we just... lived so close to one for how long? I Like, we never yeah, went. Yeah, <laughs> it's not for me. I'll be in the cabin drinking hot cocoa. Yeah. Um, which one we'll do? We'll have hot cocoa and watch the Winter Olympics. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's, and I think also the, another, you know, factor is just I have so much respect for people that do this crazy stuff. In yeah, the world. it's, it's wild. It's but wild. It's exciting. So, I mean, the, the Winter Olympics, they debut, I mean, I think it's always on NBC, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. February 4th through right. February 20th. Yeah. Um, and I'm especially excited for... Uh, U.S. Uh, professional hockey players, uh, NHL players, are actually going to be allowed to participate in the Winter Olympics for the first time. 
because it's always been amateurs. Yeah, only. it's it's wild. I I didn't even realize that that was a thing till they were allowed to do it this year. Like I was like, yeah. oh, I didn't. I, I never mean, I, yeah, that. I mean, even like the the Miracle on Ice. You know, right. Back in the back in the eighties. If you've never watched that movie, please do. <laughs> yeah, or watch the, you know the Thirty for Thirty on it. I mean, right. There's so many there's so many movies documentaries on that. But that was amateurs going yeah, up yeah, against yeah. the professional, professional Russian Russian team. Um, but back in 2020, when the NHL players signed a new uh, CBA agreement, um, you know they got a massive win in that in that deal. The league uh, agreed to allow players to participate in the 2022 uh, and 2026 Olympic Games. So I mean, they gave them the first two coming up after that CBA. So we'll see how it goes. Huge win for them. Huge win. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy so that they could do it'll this. It'll be it'll be fine. I mean, even though most of the star power in the NHL are not American. Right. So I don't know if this was like uh, they agreed to this and then all of a sudden like they just made it harder for the US, US to win. The US Olympic, the men's Olympic team to win. Yeah, I guess we'll see. I mean, I, I still, you know, I, I still think it's such an honor to be able to represent your your country in, in the Olympics. and. You know, Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid yeah. that are going to be playing for Canada, yeah. not the U.S. That's rough. I think who's... Uh, I don't... I'm not the biggest hockey fan. I think our best player would be Patrick King. But, I mean, regardless, it'll be cool to see the pros mixed with the amateurs. Hopefully it gives us a better shot. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be cool. And there are um, some new events, and they usually add new events to... The Olympics every year, um, but this year there were seven. Uh, let's see, we got the men's and women's big air freestyle. It's gonna be fire. Yeah, the women's mono bob. Um, <laughs> that's a weird name. Basically, one person bobsled uh, for women. So I guess they had it for men. So now they have both. Yeah, like let's go equality. Come on. <laughs> uh, mixed team competitions in freestyle skiing aerials. No idea what that is, but sounds cool. Uh, ski jumping and then snowboard cross and a mixed relay in the short track speed skating. Speed skating is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Apollo, Apollo, Ono. Forever. Yeah, forever. <laughs> um, and then some athletes, some USA athletes to watch out for. Um, Michaela Schriffen, uh, she's the alpine skier. She's the youngest champion in alpine uh, skiing history. And then also Chloe Kim, who's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I really think she's gonna she's gonna clean house this Olympics. I love Chloe Kim. Um, so she's she's snowboarder. She's like the best in the world. Uh, she's the reigning world uh, world X Games and Olympic champion in the women's half pipe. Yeah, she's fire. And then another woman, um, which is pretty fire that we're talking about three different women going into the Olympics is Abby Roke. Uh, she's making her Olympic debut for a USA women's hockey team. Um, Roke is one of the most decorated college hockey players in recent history. Uh, she had a four-year career in Wisconsin, tallying 170 points in 155 games. Offensive player of the year twice. Um, I I never really paid attention to women's hockey. Saw them come out in a, in a football game this past weekend or two weekends ago. The women's, the women's hockey team is good, though. Yeah, I've, I've heard such great things. I'm very excited to... Like, I've been doing a lot of research on this women's hockey team. I'm excited to see what they're able to do. I'm excited to watch them compete. Um, I think I'm going to love there, women's hockey, so... I think they're more of a top seed than the men's Oh, teams. yeah, I, I believe it's it. It's pretty much them in Canada. Yeah. I, for, on the women's side. I believe it. So, I'm excited to see that, but... 
Um, so we'll keep you posted. Um, I think we'll do, we'll definitely keep you posted as we learn a little bit more about the Olympics, but we wanted to get everyone as excited as we are about it. Yeah. Just a little preview. Yeah. It'll be here before you know and if, it. And if the you, holidays go quick. Holidays go quick. Um, and if you are excited about someone we didn't catch, like, let us know. Like we always want to know, um, of these new up and coming young stars and, and what they're capable of around the world. So let us know what you think, um, maybe what your favorite, um, you know thing is event is and uh and we can talk about it yeah love want to know um last segment of the day yeah this weekend we're going to be catching uh ufc 268 it's at uh msg uh for the first time in two years it's wild shout out new york let's do it um they were supposed to be there last year but once again covid delayed that um but pretty good main card uh you have usman versus uh covington um, they fought for the first time or last time in, uh, 2019, Usman won in round five, KO, TKO. I mean, Usman almost broke Covington's jaw in the third round of that last fight oh, in Vegas. Um, so this should be a good, a good rematch. Yeah. I, I think also, I mean, I don't really know, but I think Usman might take it again. Um, but yeah. And then the, I think it's like the co-main event is, yeah. uh, Rose Namajunas versus Weili Zhang. I, lo- um, I love Thug Rose. Thug Rose is my favorite. <laughs> yeah, they, this is another rematch also. Yeah, um, Rose beat Wheelie by TKO. It, very quickly. Very quickly, in under two minutes yeah, into the in match. The, in the first round. In the first round, so. So, I mean, I think I think Usman and Naman Yunus both. But I, I was looking at Wheelie's, like, I was looking into Wheelie's record. Wheelie's record's like, double roses in the sense of like wins versus losses so i i'd be curious to see what wheelie comes back and does like obviously like it's hard to be like let's be real well, it's hard to be rose but well it's hard to beat somebody two times in a row right no matter yeah. who you are yeah that's true um so i i of course like there's a big party that just wants rose to win but i could see wheelie like at least lasting if not if not pulling it off um yeah, so we uh, we don't we don't get to see you know every card, but yeah, um, this is one of the bigger cards. You know, Usman Covington is you know a potential fight of the year candidate. Right. You know, so we'll be definitely checking this fight out uh, this weekend, and we'll let you know what we think uh, next week. Yeah, and um, so that's it for us today. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we appreciate it. If you could share it, if you could follow us, if you could subscribe, um, tell a friend. Yeah, once again, check us out on all platforms. We are now on Apple, the final hurdle. So we we appreciate you as always. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you next week. Have a good one.